Hello, welcome to the 2022 recap episode of the JRB Podcast uh, with me, Ryan Levine, joined here with Jeff Jones and Bowden Tennick. Hello, Hello for the third time. Yeah, we've had some technical difficulties <laughs> getting this one set up, but this time, hopefully you can hear everyone. Um, so we're just going to do a quick run through of the events and products of this year, making note of certain uh, things that may have happened. Uh, it's going to start with the first, at the beginning of the year in January, um, the first in-person events that were supposed mm-hmm. to come back were canceled, and then they were replaced by a pair of remote YCSs. Um, yep, so we had one uh, pre-Grand Creators, and then we had one post-Grand Creators. Mm-hmm. Wait, was there um, and post? Yeah, there was. There was. Oh, so, there so was. you had the, the, the pre-Grand Creators one, yeah, um, and that was the same format with Lyrilus, Tri-Brigade, Sword Soul, and all of the other decks that we saw in 2021. Mm-hmm. And that was won by Kamal Crooks with uh, Lyrilus, Tri-Brigade, very standard, very expected at the time. And then the European one was won by Simon He playing Sword Soul. Um, once again, these were these were reasonably large events. I think people were still they had the competitive itch. Uh, you saw a lot of real life events happening across North America, and people did want to play remote to sort of get through it. And for the other regions, you know, you might have still been in lockdown. There might have just been a reason to you know enter. Um, and I believe this is the first event uh, for a lot of the Europeans where we were able to enter enter the um, North American remote, which is something that we weren't really able to do prior. Um, which was really cool. Like I, I got to play it. I topped that. That was neat. A bunch of my, you know, European friends topped it as well. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And yeah, same for Europe. Americans got to enter Europe. Ha, <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, but nothing really to talk about. Just a remote <laughs> yeah. YCS in a format that uh happened for a good period of it time in twenty twenty one. Well, like yeah. it was well defined in that people had yeah. been playing. You know, like uh, these. For for a good good amount of time, yeah. yeah I, like this like, is yeah. it was basically just all burst of destiny decks, right? Which yeah, pretty much yeah. Pretty expected, yeah. Um. So then, following that, uh, we had grand creators. Yeah, grand creators. Yeah, in yeah. um January of January twenty eighth. And we were supposed Probably to get that came out previous year, 2021. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There were heavy delays throughout the COVID era. So like, again, if you were just, you know, you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know, or maybe you're listening to it in the future. Um, there were significant delays due to the supply chain, uh, COVID, et cetera. So it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if we had the same product schedule we were meant to have uh, without any delays could have been different formats entirely, but, uh, you know, yeah. ended up having it this way. Um, so grand creators, very relevant set um and I, I think we all sort of you know tunnel visioned uh the brave stuff being good because of ocg um not realizing how heavy maxi sort of dictated a lot of uh the archetypes like punk uh you know being splashable and generating so much advantage um and exorcist which i forgot until jeff reminded me uh existed <laughs> uh, which won a ycs this year as well which you can get into yeah. later uh so i think that, that's pretty pretty relevant i think this set was uh more defining that we can give it credit for especially for a deck building set um but a lot of them have been quite powerful over the years but i i think this one definitely stands out to me we kind of get like almost like an on and off with the deck building sets right we'll mm. have like a secret slayers which is like two and a half really good decks you know like eldritch and um Rika needed that became, little extra, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, Rika uh, needed like two years of marination, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know, but um, um and then like even going as far back as like the Secret Forces, I think, was another like really notable one. That was a long time ago. But yeah, like yeah. unfortunately, I think a couple of the deck building sets before this had been pretty underwhelming like ancient guardians but it was well, nice if you really want to dig deep you know you have the sky striker set which came out in 2018 a yeah. sort of lull period and then we have more and more relevant ones as we go yeah. on but i, I agree you either nice have to see uh, three good very, decks like three yeah. like, relevant decks that like and and one thing i think like gents impact was also like this where there was one deck that was really good right out of the gate this mm-hmm. time being adventure and then the other decks were eventually gonna be good when they got a little bit more of a push, which I think like Exosister is a good parallel to um, Live Twin, and they kind yeah, of yeah, that, that's, that's fair enough, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then we had a Forbidden Limited list in February, uh, February seventh, um, right before yep. Yep. Battle of Chaos. 
we also had a remote YCS shortly after that. Um, but we can sort of get into that list. I think that list is uh most notable because Snow and Destruder came back, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And what did we lose that list? I don't even remember. Uh, I think I think we lost pro- Protos. We definitely we lost Protos. I think we lost Samorg. Let me uh, Samorg. Yeah, yeah. Protos Samorg were the ones that I think I remember the most. That should be about it. I think this list was good because um, it's sort of like we were at like a low period, right? Like we didn't really have too much shaking up the metagame. and I felt like banning Protos, which is a very oppressive card, and banning Samorg, which is another not oppressive card, but I, I think. The I way that it plays out tends uh, to be banned, pretty impressive. It banned Imperial Order and it banned Eva. Oh, main, okay. Well, that main one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Imperial is probably probably the nicest. Yeah, one that's true. I forgot that card existed. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it unbanned Snow. It unbanned uh, Destrudo, and that was yep. basically it for like relevant. It was the one that limited desires randomly, which I kind of mm. want to talk about that uh, because it it was really weird. It was like it, it was like Grand Creators just came out. And mm-hmm. Adventure was really hyped up, and it was pretty obviously going to be one of, if not the most played engine in the game. And yeah. you can't play Desires with that engine because you play like four one ofs, or three or four. You play the one Draco back, the one Fateful Adventure, sometimes two, and then the one Griffin Rider. And you can't mm. really play Desires in in like no one did at least. Um, because if you hit one of those engine, like if you banish Fateful Adventure off your desires, <laughs> then yeah. you just don't have a deck anymore. I, I think the the big trend that we saw from the year prior was that there were a lot more like control ish decks. Like you had your Tri Brigade variants, you had um, your Sword Soul decks and stuff like that, and they would just utilize you know multiple copies of desires. And like while their power level output wasn't particularly insane a lot of the time because like hand traps are still in the format stuff like that you saw desires just sort of like fixing that issue of like oh i had to play ash and start my turn with four cards and uh, i got to play pot of desires i mean so the issue with that is like it it was also right when fusion destiny just came out so almost Mm. every deck had adventure cards and fusion destiny like who is going to be putting desires in their deck oh yeah yeah yeah, so like the issue is like that it, it would essentially take decks out of the format not like to the same extent like obviously desires isn't dictating whether or not a deck is good i definitely do think it I is think watering it down in that though. regard like it just it just made it made like it just seemed weird to me that they were mm-hmm. weakening the decks that were already going to be on the fringe yeah 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 like that like was bizarre just, but yeah, i don't, I don't harp, you know i don't want to harp on that for too long but that was yeah, just yeah, a really sure. weird thing to me when like i felt that way for a while after that limit i was like i was like this was such a, mm. this was like there were many 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 times i would have think desire should have gotten hit since it came out and i mm-hmm. think they literally picked the worst time to do it yeah. and it just really <laughs> made everyone out. play the same deck because like there was no incentive like desires was maybe an incentive to not play this weird like mm. cookie cutter deck and then they just got rid of desire so like you had no reason not to essentially i think that's something is that they do very it's very common is that they with the forbidden list they're very reactionary with little forethought of what comes after outside of maybe a few cards and usually those cards end up being things that are like otk or ftk facilitators Mm -hmm. but if if they aren't those they usually don't i feel like there's not like a lot of thought of what comes after it's not like all right we'll do this well it's It's, not like it's more more by the numbers right right that's like a big one i think they see the representation in because like this is probably uh another big thing to look at as well like during during like the pandemic period decklist was submitted electronically obviously they're doing that now but i i I think like as they've started submitting them electronically they're able to see more in terms of like breakdowns and distribution on certain like cards being played and they probably looked at the thing and being like, oh, yeah, like 99% of these decks are playing. Playing Desires, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like we should hit that. Because yeah. that was their logic uh, a long time ago. I remember that was their argument of like, oh, yeah, cards like Upstart. Like Book of Moons. They really like limit that. limit the whole design process of like yeah. every deck is 37 cards. It's like, oh, I guess, man. I just think that one's kind of a, like, you're allowed to have cards like that in the game. You know what I mean? Like, that's no different to introducing an archetype with 20 cards in it. You have to play those 20 cards in a tier zero deck, which is where we're at now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. 
So following that, as you mentioned, there was a remote YCS yeah. following. And that, that was, was one by Poli, and that was he was yep. playing the again the adventure combo deck uh, with all the trimmings, the red rose stuff. We, mm-hmm. we saw quite a lot of. Uh, and second place was Fonderies. Yeah. yeah, and then um, yep. uh, Hidden Arsenal collection came out and. That doesn't. I don't know. I don't have much to say about that set. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us do. Yeah, <laughs> I have it written down. And I. Well, thought, you did. Huh, yeah, you did miss Battles out. of Chaos. <laughs> oh, Battles of Chaos. Well, I, you're right. That Battles of Chaos. <laughs> yeah. It's written out. right there. Yeah. <laughs> it is written right here. Battles of Chaos came out right after the Forbidden Unlimited list, and then then we had a a remote wise after Battles of Chaos. So there weren't any events that were Grand Creators pre Battles, right? So that there were no events. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, the, the the remote was after uh, battles of chaos because yeah. I remember everyone was playing illusions. Illusion. And, and yeah, that card was like that. probably the only really great card in battles of chaos. I think like nope. There's another one. Guardian You're forgetting already. We we talked about it. Oh, <laughs> dark the dark charmer. That was a good yes. One. That that yeah. that'd probably be the best one. <laughs> so dark the dark charmer. I think those are the three cards in that set dark the dark charmer illusion of chaos and guardian chimera were probably the three and guardian chimera wasn't even relevant yet guardian chimera wasn't even relevant for like two months later but i can't think of i can't think of anything else in that set that was like mm. good <laughs> uh i mean i mean i guess technically you could go with like the ddd cards because that deck did top ycs there was the flunder support like and the, flunderies the yeah spell, and then and then like every like one sword soul card and then that was... and then there's the libromancers which people some people liked yeah but yeah and like not... dinomorphias which did nothing in the tcg yeah this set was like this set was interesting in that it had the dark magician ultra rare like 25th anniversary thing which is like kind of cool but yeah, it had like dark magician and blue eyes cards in it so it, it yeah. should be like but it just wasn't a, a hit <laughs> yeah, yeah but it just kind of wasn't yeah, yeah. I, I mean the cards have like gradually gone up like if you look yeah. now like these like dark british and blue eyes cards are yeah i mean that's to be expected right and then obviously you'll have the tins coming out this year and yeah they had a good run i I think battles of chaos was was pretty pretty good for what it was i know we were all very excited for it um and it was just more like there's a couple good cards yeah i definitely was was excited for this set but i think it's just because i thought illusion of chaos was so cool and side note uh, illusion of chaos is still not in master duel master duel has added cards from like power of the elements and there's no oh, of chaos in that that is very strange which is crazy i wonder if they're having like <laughs> trouble implementing it I, I oh know. that would be oh that'd be actually Maybe. very interesting like, like the programming of how to do it on top of your deck is like weird yeah i don't know but it's just not there yet just interesting tidbit i was playing that for a little bit the other day and uh, i tried to make a deck with that card i saw there was like the scare claw link one from power of the elements and then i typed in illusion of chaos assuming it would be there and it was not so mm-hmm. Very strange. Anyways, um, the next event was YCS Charlotte. So this was the first event in, in April, two years, no. April 9th. No new sets. It was actually just one week before the Alabash structure deck because that got delayed. So mm-hmm. we had YCS Charlotte with the same format as the remote YCS. So it was just yeah. uh, similar representation. Yeah, but Prank Kids yeah. won this time, which yep. I personally think. Also, I believe you said Flunder got second at the remote one. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Prank Kids got second. Flunder got top four. I'm like 99% sure Prank Kids got second at that mm-hmm. YCS. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, I just remember one. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it was Prank Kids coming second. Yeah. And yeah. then Prank Kids won the YCS Charlotte, which I think makes sense. I think that was probably the best deck for that mm-hmm. format, like in hindsight. Um not just because it yeah. won. I, like, I think, I think you, going you can do event, a lot of combo thing. stuff, but then, you know, if you're doing combo stuff, I think a lot of people were anticipating that and they were playing more hand traps and what was the best hand trap deck at the time. It's like, oh, it's Prank Kids, you know. You get to play off one card. It's pretty strong into most things. You got to play the adventure package. It, it was just the makings of a, a deck that is, you know, pretty ignorant in, in, in the grand scheme of things. Oh, the adventure so. cards made that deck so much better. Like, yeah, the, the adventure yeah. cards fixed so many of the issues that deck had. It was, I it think was the best way to look at that format for me was that it was a, uh, to me, it was a fusion destiny format more than anything. Yes, I think that dictated sure. quite a lot. I think, I think every deck in some capacity was just playing, uh, Preda fusion destiny, you know, and the trimmings. And it was just very swingy because you're able to generate two monsters like 
after a nib, before a nib, within a gate, whatever, and then just like have follow up on the next turn as well because you're just drawing two cards from uh, from Celestial. I thought that that was like that's kind of like not that fun. I, I thought there were like very few intricacies um in that you know where you just consolidate into one card and then have a DBE. I thought that was like kind of not too fun. Hmm. Anyone else agree? I, I, mean, I didn't like that one I, way too much. But. I agree. I think I think Anaconda DPE made every deck feel almost the same. Where yeah. like it didn't really it didn't really matter like what you were doing. Almost every deck would just like end yeah. on the same things, right? Like every deck. And would the just, biggest like, problem as well same. is like when every deck has this weird low power level output and they're still dictated by their normal summon, which a lot of the decks were. Um, we didn't have you know like the ridiculous and um, everything's free, haha. It's like prank kids a lot of the time is still you know dictated by its normal summon uh the combo decks still require you to normal summon red rose a good amount of the time uh and dp was kind of a precedent to that as well so you did have like some levels to it i guess we saw cards like droplets sort of come into the fray for that reason alone um and then obviously like the dd crows and stuff like that I, I don't know it didn't didn't feel particularly interactive it felt like you were sort of just like stemming the bleeding and hoping your one card combo would resolve enough of the time i it didn't didn't feel like peak Yu Gi Oh, but yeah i agree uh but that was quickly yeah, well. ended by the Alba structure deck. Mm -hmm. um with which is and again, on, on the note <laughs> the funny thing on the note of talking about you know cards that would just you know clear off a normal summon relatively cheaply the albez deck I, I think just did that quite well and really just invalidated a lot of decks oh it, oh for any sure any other yeah. forbidden and limited list would happen it's like yeah. oh here's a mirror jade and it shows up a good amount of the time yeah and that was a uh, ycs bogota and ycs guadalajara back-to-back mm -hmm. -back weekends after uh the albash structure deck and both yep. were yep. won by branded despia and I think I think second place was um it was prank kids and if I'm not was was second place just not prank kids it might have been Paolo playing second place was prank kids at Bogota yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, that one I remember I don't remember what second place at Guadalajara was it might have been Paolo I don't know anyway short lived um, yeah. in between there we had. A good chunk of state championships in the Oceanic and South Africa region. We had national championships in Europe. Um, and again, you see a very common trend of the prior decks, uh, where it's just, you know, Albaz, what have you. I think that's pretty reasonable. Right? Like, it, it's a cheap structure deck. You assume there's yeah. going to be representation. You don't yep. need to really put too much else into it, right? That was that was the whole thing. Especially, so, branded opening become a very expensive. Especially because of one week later, Ghost in the Past 2 reprinted. Aluber. Yeah. Uh, Aluber, right. yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> so now the entirety of that deck was like $50 to get everything. Nah, you had, you had openings, man. Remember branded openings? You, a billion that dollars. was $3 for a year. Anybody who wanted yes, to play this deck already had branded openings. I, like, know, that's, I know, Like, yes. I if they waited until though. May 7th to buy branded openings, they were $25. But if you bought them <laughs> mm -hmm. at any point in the previous eight months, they were $3. Yes. Um, then we got a, a forbidden and limited list um, in May seventeenth, quickly followed by Dimension Force on May twentieth. That's interesting that they released hmm, both both were there, times. Were there any significant changes? I don't remember. I'm just I'm just noticing now that this year mm -hmm. there was a list the week before Battles of Chaos and the week before Daifo, and I don't I didn't realize that. Um. Also, relative so like like looking at the the date we have for Daifo and Battles of Chaos, is that like the sneak peek date or is that like the tournament no, legal the, date? I think this is the tournament legal date. Okay, yeah, that is that is kind of interesting. Like that gap is so small, but I guess they announced these forbidden lists like they announced them. Yeah, know. they usually announce them about a week ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, it's probably probably a good enough gap where it's just like ha 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 tricked you. You, yeah. you know what I mean? It's this like, one was around. like. This was the one where they like limited a bunch of irrelevant cards. Like they limited mm -hmm. Riser and like they limited Fiber, and everyone's like, "Why didn't you just ban them?" Or like, "Like what yeah. is happening?" And like they banned Aurorodon and they banned uh, Meowmu, right? Plant and Meowmu. Yeah, everybody was happy about those. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, I can I can agree. I thought I yeah. thought that was a pretty reasonable list for what they did hit. Um, obviously not really hitting a lot of the issues, but if you look at it, you know, with complete information of the last year, I think that was quite significant for what they did i agree 
could have, could have had agree. something way worse. I think a lot of these decks, I think for the first, I, I think some of these decks that ended up seeing play might have actually played two fibers if they had, if, if. Potentially, uh, yeah. I think, I think it's like some reasonable. of the combo decks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, just because if they got stopped on fiber, there wasn't a whole lot that they could do on turn two. Mm-hmm. And like, they were just a bunch of hand traps and then two card combos for fiber. And like, if their fiber yeah. got hand trapped, they would have loved to be able to make a fiber on the following turn. So I feel like a lot of these decks might have played too. So I think that was like slightly more relevant than we gave your credit for at the time. But at the same time, I mm-hmm. feel like it probably didn't do bad. But. Uh, Diapho, I think, is another... I don't want to say underrated set. I, I think Diapho had the makings of being a very good set, but the time period it was released in really just made it kind of awkward. I think there's a lot of good cards in that set. Me too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's another one that it like it, it it's a lot of like individual good cards, mm. right? For like different things, it's one of those sets. We've got a lot. We've gotten a lot of them over the years. Where there's yeah. kind of sets where there's like, oh, here's like a like ten really good cards or ten different decks that have nothing to do with each other, and uh then you, you kind of are left after that you're like well that's all fine but that means the people who want those cards can just buy the singles they don't have to buy the set because they only need the one card for the deck they yeah. like right yeah. um uh outside of that you have like the, the real big thing which i'm sur- i thought was going to take off because i thought it was very good for the theory on cards oh me too the- for sure yeah. Um, they kind of like never really made it, and I still think that those cards are very, very strong, and that it's because they work with their monster type, right? So as if whenever they print like a good monster type in the future, there's a good chance that you'll see, especially like machine, right? Machine and plant, the, a good chance that you might see some of those, like the the theory on um, what was it, the Regulus, Li- Lily and Regulus, yeah. yeah. So... Therian King Regulus literally ruined me for like two and a half months. I was convinced this card had to be good. And I wasted so much time on unplayable machine decks Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to make this card good. Like, like I I lost my mind. Like, true. Like... It's it's funny I, to think that the, the best <laughs> deck that could utilize uh, Regulus just happened to be the uh, the Sun Avalon deck. Yes, like I thought, like I actually, thought that that really came full circle of like, yeah. huh, nice, because I, I got to play all of the broken cards <laughs> and and the Theorion cards, which is right. I spent like two and a half weeks testing Symphonic Warriors for our nationals. Oh yeah, because I was convinced was Regulus so was broken. Dumb. And then I took Regulus out of my deck like three days into testing and then was convinced the Symphonic Warrior deck was good for like a week and a half without Regulus. in. Like the whole reason I made the deck was because I wanted to make Regulus good. And then I decided Regulus Regulus was the weak link in my Symphonic Warrior deck. Mm. And I spent like, (laughs) I spent way too much time playing that. Ryan Ryan's work testing of the year was uh, that, and then the other shitty deck that was Elvich without Elvich. But we don't want to get into those. <laughs> the Magician Souls deck. That deck was no. Was that, that deck was good. That deck was good. The uh, Symphonic Warrior deck was not good. Um, anyway, but, YCS yeah. Hartford uh, was yeah. won by Sky Striker and Albaz mm-hmm. came second. And Mystic Mind. It was won by Mystic Mind. Yeah. A Mystic a lot Mind. Of people yeah. will, this was the first of the Mystic Mind like oppression right yeah. this was like the first event of like the oppression of mystic mind where like it became like a political stance of if you liked mystic mind or not yeah it was like you That's know fair. <laughs> i think it did dictate quite a lot um mine was like not what, what was the whole thing it's like mine wasn't crazy well positioned into the albaz deck because of how like mid-range the format was but it was like good enough right like it it did what it had to do. They used to, the format was still like really, really wide in this event. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Whether, whether or not Mystic Mind was the the difference maker, like I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe it was. I think it was also that like, um, speaking of Regulus, how Regulus works is it it is a negate like it negates a card or effect, mm-hmm. but it negates 
it, it negates the effect of the card. It doesn't negate it the doesn't activation. Negate the activation. Yeah. So if you have regulus up and they activate a continuous or a field spell or something like that, yeah, uh, the regulus just, will negate it, and then that card will, will stick and nothing there. will happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah. So like, so like, if you regulus yeah. negate like the activation of primal planet, it wouldn't search it to your mm. element, but the planet would just stay it would there. Stick, yeah. So for a card like Mystic Mine. Or, uh, I believe this list also puts skill drain to three. Um, mm -hmm. For those types of interactions, it just nothing would happen. <laughs> like Regulus would yeah. be like, I'll negate the effect of Mystic Mind. Mystic Mind would be like, okay, and just kind of stay there. And then now Mystic yeah. Mind has resolved. So, which was like an, another thing as well, because like a lot of like as you we were saying, sorry about like a lot yeah. of these decks that were trying to integrate the theory on stuff. They were limited again by other cards in the format, which is really like playing on like, oh, we expect Ethereum to do so well. It's like maybe the format just it was just shitting on it so so much. There was just no point. It could have just had so many other mm. things. You know, we sort of we sort of went from like build negate boards to like more tempo based end boards. I think we sort of see that trend as we continue looking down this list, where it's like less oppressive, like multiple negate end board to like points of interaction whether it be in the grave hand or field um it may, like maybe that's a, like a good thing maybe it's you know maybe that's why mystic mind became so good as well because we're seeing less stuff like savage dragon her Harbinger, you know stuff that we saw in the prior years so i don't know i, where have, I, was going I have with kind that, of more to, to to touch on that as we get further oh, sorry. down but, um, yeah so after hartford uh we saw the like a couple like kind of like nothing re releases like led nine like nothing really there right Mar um, marine says i think was like marine marine says, that's true yeah marine i think says, that tech, that tech was very like underexplored yeah. and quite good um yeah Behind the scenes, yeah, Odin and I hyped up that deck so much. We talked about it yeah, so much. And, I know. And then it, well, like, I was I was it. watching the, the... So the Europeans were grinding ra Dueling Book Rated with that deck a lot, and they were making it look like the best deck in the format by far. Like, this is, like, pre-Power of the Elements. It just looked really, really good. And then we saw um, it made top four of the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Championship, uh, which was a replacement for the WCQ, because we didn't have, you know, World Championship, so they had that. Um, and we could probably shoehorn that in to this point now. Um, so that was won by Sword Soul. Second place, again, had Sky Striker representation, Mystic Mind, quote-unquote. Um, funny to note, the Sword Soul deck was playing Rivalry and Mystic Mind, um, which is I think is very funny. Uh, and then, yeah, you had your very standard... Uh, well, not very standard. You had your Marine Cess in top four. I don't remember the other deck in top four. I think we saw a very uh, standard Flunder. breakdown for everything else, right? It was, it was Flunder. Flunder. It was Sky Striker, yeah. Flunder, Marine Cess, Sword Soul in top four. Yeah. I thought um, that was like pretty yeah. funny. Like Konami probably looked at that and said, "This is diverse, you know. This is good." <laughs> and, and you know, like at first glance, I, I thought it was okay. How did you guys feel about that format for you guys specifically? Because I know every other region played under uh, different formats as we went. So I just gave up and I just played Eldritch and I just mm -hmm. beat everyone. Like, it, <laughs> like I don't even. So what? So what I mean by that is like it was kind of what you were talking about earlier. Is it was like um, you know. And I talked about this in the deck profile I made, I think, mm. where I picked that deck because every deck I tried to play, it didn't matter what I was doing. I always felt like I had to get really, really lucky to resolve my combo through hand traps or whatever, or I had to get really, really lucky and hope my opponent didn't scythe me or like whatever, whatever. I, I just didn't feel confident playing anything. And then I looked at what all the fields these decks were making and they were making like interactive fields not with like negations and mm. if they did have negation they were like oddly specific they were like the therian which doesn't go which doesn't trade well into continuous cards or they were negations that were one-time use like baron or yeah. herald that like remove themselves from the field so if you were to use a power spell like branded fusion and then baron negates it unlike savage dragon where that negate just turns back on that's it so then if you set a floodgate and you flip your floodgate baron can't negate it mm -hmm. um so just i just played like an eldritch deck with just a million floodgates and what happened every single time i think uh in like the 11 rounds of swiss i think i run i think i won like 
four die rolls and I won like every game going second in like three minutes because my opponent did their whole combo. I set four floodgates. I flipped two of them and then their whole board went into the trash, just into the trash can when like mm-hmm. rivalry resolved and they had to send their whole boards to the graveyard. And it was like very, very like there was just a small pocket where you could do that and exploit all the decks that were being played. Um, and then we also, well, you also didn't have like stuff like DPE as well. And I feel like yeah. DPE probably would have yeah. dictated oh, a lot. Yeah. Like DPE yeah. was more or less out of the yeah. format, which is a card yeah, that yeah. would have actually traded with, with the back row very well. Um, so it was just like a very, I believe a deck incredibly similar to the one I played for the North American championship won the South American championship. Maybe it was the central American championship. I don't remember, but I do know that a mm-hmm. list very similar to the one I played one, uh, one of those. So it was like, it, it wasn't, you know, I didn't like reinvent mm-hmm. the wheel. I just like played something very standard and Flip just decided trap. this was a time that it was probably going to be good. But, um, so after that, we had power of the elements, I think is probably, um, one of, uh, probably, you know, you know what, it, it is just the most impactful, that, right. Yeah, if we, if we really narrow it down, oh, I, think, for sure. I think that did, uh, that did quite a lot. Um, you know, you can I don't think it's even close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but like, obviously, like Power of the Elements facilitated everything leading up to where yeah. we're at now. Um, I would, I would kind of compare Power of the Elements yeah. to some of the like the really strong sets we, we we've had in the past, like like Duelist and like Breaker to Shadows yeah. and Versa Destiny. Like, I think those are all kind of yeah. all on like the same. Just introducing, uh, you know, there was some good generic cards. There was, you know, two very strong archetypes that you know only got more and more support um but like even you know first release right power of the elements dictated the metagame um and that was very evident when we looked at the european championship where we saw a very reasonably strong representation of Element and sprite uh we but the funny thing when i said good cause in the set we had uh we had rika sun avalon winning the european which we mentioned earlier as, as in grand creators yep, maybe yep. maybe we mentioned that in the other one that we recorded i don't remember yeah. But maybe well, we did. Yeah, as you know, like when we were breaking down, you know, when the deck building sets have yeah. multiple good, you know, good archetypes, and it's like here's Rika, and I know Jeff was really high on Rika at the beginning. I think I think you talked about like there's some cool combos and stuff like that. Rika got uh, a field spell, and they got a new uh, negate as well, and I, I think that deck sort of just like had this really nice like wide open field to play into because you're only really countering the top two decks, and I think Rika did that quite well. So you mm-hmm. saw, uh, I think, a team of a couple people take, you know, maybe like four or five people took it. And then uh, it won. I think it made top eight or top 16. And it made top 32 as well. So it was a pretty good medical. We saw a lot of medical sort of coming out in the fray at the beginning of the format. Probably, probably less now. It's a little little more narrow now. But uh, I thought that was really interesting and really cool. Um, but we got to see the slow definition of the... Uh, Element deck, which we didn't really see too much of in Japan. It sort of lagged a little bit um, pre-Ishizu, because Sprite was just so strong. And that's not to say Sprite wasn't strong here. I just, uh, I, I think maybe OCG sort of didn't really see how ignorant Tia was. Well, I think know, that when Maxi is legal, Sprite having the ability to gigantic yeah, out yeah. Maxi yeah. and bounce it back to your hand is just so ridiculous. That, that's definitely that a thing, like... but like, I, I think we saw a trend where, you know, like, even before the Ishizu stuff came out, we, we did see Tears sort of take a couple more spots, or it sort of like balance itself compared to where it was week one for Power of the Elements in Japan. So it's interesting to see like how we shifted so quickly um, to deeming Tear to be the best deck. Uh, I, th- I think I think I think some of that also is that um, like originally, like I don't think the Tear deck by any means it was it easy deck to play and it, mm. I, don't, I still don't think it's easy deck to play yeah, so yeah. i think after like maybe like an event of everyone playing the deck they become more like they just understand it more they know the plays more they know like which mm. order to fusion summon in or, like when not to fusion summon um sometimes you have to like waste a fusion summon to play around dd crow and stuff like that yeah. um uh, and then so yeah well, it's, it's, kind it's of funny to it. funny to note though that you bring that up and you say like how, how difficult tier is I think the the highest ranked sprite deck was the Mystic Mind sprite deck, if I'm not mistaken. Or they might actually know the highest rank might have been the Live Twin sprite deck, um, but that one was utilizing stuff like Mannequin Cat, 
probably not to the same extent that they're utilizing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were, you know, there were more floodgates. There were more cards like Mystic Mind in the fray, Demise of the Land, stuff like that. And that, that's sort of like where we saw Sprite end up, where it was more like, obviously pre another release that we'll probably get into. Um, yeah, it's just like, oh, here's Sprite. Sprite is good. Sprite is a control deck. And also here, his Mystic Mind. Or you know what I mean? Like, and then like, Torellum and adapted because they saw Mystic Mind as the card that is threatening them the most. And if we get into uh, the next release, which is Tama, but I feel like we don't really look at Tama. We look at Rio first because Tama wasn't legal. Tama wasn't legal for Rio. Yeah, we saw people uh, changing the Torellum deck to the point where they were doing uh, Eradicate a Griffin because you were able to just generate, you know, so many free cards. Set up your board to play around certain things. Nibiru, whether it was in the format or not, you were able to dictate uh, how you would take the pace of play without activating a certain uh, tier effect. You know what I mean? You had Curious, you had Snow just generating free bodies. So um, you had Jesse playing that version of the deck, and that sort of just invalidated. So, uh, I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but one thing I do want to, before we go on to that more, one thing I do want to mm-hmm. point out is that with Power of the Elements, uh, Something that happened with this set, which we don't see that often anymore, was that we got a pretty game-changing TCG exclusive card. Oh and, yeah, sorry, Garura. Oh, yeah, you're right. That makes Terrell right, right. yeah, so that's much That's probably better. that's probably a very and that very card good. made Terrell. It was another reason why Terrell was was better. Like that card is insane in that deck, and yeah. so that that's another reason why the deck would be more successful here than you would see originally. I, 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 yeah, I think that that is a big one that I, I neglected. Yeah, so like that obviously now you know facilitates quite a lot more. Um, but like at the point, it's just like, oh, you have a free fusion you can make that gives you a free draw and you can keep cycling it. And that's, that's always very relevant. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that was a big one. Um, but yeah, for Rio, uh, we did see Mystic Mindburn win with a lot of stuff like Math Mech. Uh, I forgot Mystic Mindburn won that event. <laughs> yeah. I actually yeah, so like Math Mech, Math Mech, I think is like another sort of deck that again, didn't really have too much time to shine. Um, but I think it did get quite good. Pro-Stypho, uh, with the with the release of Circular, right? Circular? It is, right? Did that come out in Dypho? Yeah. yeah. Wait, uh, sorry, no, it came out in Pro. Came out in came out in I was going to say, if that came out in yeah, Dypho, yeah, 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 that yeah. would have been good, like, before, That's right? the set I meant. No, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I think, yeah, that's, like, another deck that really, truly didn't get enough time to shine, but uh, yeah. it's neither here like, nor there. So, so we, we had we had Rio, uh, and then we had the release of Tama. Um... Tama, like, shortly afterwards. I think Rio was that one pocket of the format where it is kind of relevant, uh, and it's crazy to think about, like, Tama, on the surface, looks like a set that isn't too amazing. Um, outside of Runic, I could not tell you the other archetype in it. Uh, I, well, actually, no, now I can. Labyrinth. Okay, cool. So I, don't I, do not I just remember, one. now I'm like, wait, what else is in this? I don't know the third one. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. It's, 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 the, it's the Pendulum deck. Oh, Valiance. Oh, yeah, yeah that's which is yeah. yeah that has a billion. That the, every every literally every card is a book, and somehow the deck is not good. Nothing. Every yeah. card has nineteen sentences and don't do mm-hmm. anything. It's crazy. We'll get something at some point. Who knows? But yeah, yeah so yeah. like looking looking at Rune, um, Rune and OCG, not taking a very crazy representation. Sort of like because uh, in Japan they had Tama before power of the elements right that was that was yeah. the whole thing and they had because we had again like, another mixed up set delay where combos. you know the set break yeah like that was their hey. runic deck is their runic deck was just like fiber Aurora yeah on, like jet synchron o lion like just insanely banned in the tcg combos yeah. of like just drawing a bunch of cards and then yep, stuff like reasoning there. and yeah. and whatever and yeah mm-hmm. and just you would you very, would just you know sort of be where you're at now with with the rune deck and nothing really matters um yeah. but like so if you if you look at the event like rio and we we don't see the rune cards at rio because obviously they're not legal i i think tama changed enough in the format where um if it came out a little bit earlier you would have definitely seen different results for the events proceeding uh, whatever i'm half awake yeah I agree. um but yeah like that would have been like a, a big thing uh, for me, especially. Obviously, Labyrinth is something we can get into like later. That that's another future-ish deck, uh, which is very funny. But yeah, I I think the Rune deck came out at the incorrect time, which it did because there was a delay. And uh, the next event that was legal with Tama was the Oceanic Championship, where we got to see Rune legal. Um, but obviously, it was dominated by Tier. Uh, with like, you know, you had hand trap tier, you had the combo tier with Curious Griffin, some of them playing teleport into uh, Chaos Ruler and stuff like that. Like, 
another kind of relevant thing that came from 2022. Oh yeah, it was Daifo um, giving us the uh, Foxy tune? No, what was the one? Deer Note. Uh, De- Deer Note, yeah, yes. The punk yeah, card, which made Itelli yeah. into Chaos Ruler, into Zombie Vampire, or Fiber, or really whatever you wanted. Yeah, was oh, it was mostly mostly barren. Aspects. It was mostly yeah. barren. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to mill five and like hit a bunch of free to element cards or mill sprite cards, and like you had Shinobi Necker, it lets you summon a level two. So I thought that was like another cool thing to come out uh, of Diapho that really you know got opened up by that, and also like teleport going to three incrementally over the <laughs> the past like two yeah. or three years, and very funny. Um, and then we get to Niagara, um, which is an event, which is very, this is like the first IRL event I got to play in God knows, well, like the first IRL YCS and Ryan flaked weird. I got um, very we sick. Got to see Jeff. <laughs> yes. Jeff also got sick. We all, everyone got sick. Uh, anyway, I think Jeff got sick after the event. Um, Jeff, I think we can maybe talk about Niagara a little bit. I don't know. How'd you feel about Niagara? So that was a tournament that makes me very sad to think about because I played so much, and I had not played at all really prior to that. I played so much, I felt so good about my deck, and then I got there, and I started to get sick, which ended up being COVID. My mom was in the hospital, so I was worrying about that, and then I lost to, like, Dimensional Shifter twice, and then got, uh, like, got scythed. And Mm. it was just, like, a really, really bad experience for me because then like I, 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 I felt <laughs> shitty after losing and then like i went back and then that night sunday i woke up in the middle of like three in the morning i'm like oh my god i feel like death and mm-hmm. i had max like run out at three in the morning to find me medicine and then we li- ended up leaving early um so yeah i don't have I, fond memories of, I uh, went of niagara <laughs> and i came 35th and i didn't talk so yeah I that niagara, niagara I format was sick fun. and stayed yeah. home I, yeah, you did. I got sick the week before Niagara. So who oh, was well. the real winner there? Yeah. <laughs> mm. So like I uh I think this format well like Niagara format obviously is still, you know, its own little pocket and really doesn't matter that much. I think you can probably lump it together with the other power of the element events. Um we saw Exorcist a winning. Which is because uh, like, so, that was my friend from my local, so like that mm. that is a good thing about it that I, yeah. my friend won. So. Oh no, like I, I don't, I, I think I think it was like a pretty reasonable medical, and I think it really did change the way people had to think. Because uh, like prior, the only thing people were scared of was something like uh like sorry, not something, I was going to say Flunderies, um, mm-hmm. and like they were taking you know, they were they were accommodating for decks like Flunderies a little bit more because Flunderies was so powerful, but like the tier decks output was like really really powerful as well. Um, the sprite deck obviously was really good and like the runic deck just you know opened up quite a lot but we still saw exorcist winning uh just by like sheer medical i think people didn't know what the cards did and if you look at the results after which we will you know as we're going i think you see this decline of like exorcist where you could have maybe seen like an increase you know what i mean like you expect to see uh those decks sort of like hit more of a representation but like when they win and they're like only one or two in top cut and then the next event they don't top, and then the next event they don't top, and then the yeah. next event they don't top, which I think we saw quite a lot of um, this year specifically. I don't think you tend to see it in other years, but it's like we saw Sky Striker, and that obviously fell off really quickly. Um, we saw the Exorcist deck, we saw the Mystic Mind deck. Um, are there any other decks that stand out that just like have not performed after they've done well like once or twice? ignoring like releases that just like invalidate them completely like the bestials or something like that like do you do you guys have any of those in mind that i might have been missing i think it's just those honestly i mean i think everything else is like a ban list right yeah well it would have been like the rika deck but that's like yeah yeah i i I think that that's that's another one actually well like yeah the rika deck is also an interesting one because like that just had no rep outside of that event specifically i think it maybe topped one other event this year and then you had the very obvious power creep that um yeah i guess that covers niagara yeah which then we just uh, had a Megaton. bunch of like reprint yeah, megatons oh, i don't know yeah. talk yeah. about there whatever reprints yeah. did, whatever. Uh, did you guys like the megaton this year i was, i did i thought it was fine. pretty good yeah it uh, indifferent uh, indifferent yeah it was okay, better than 2021 it was worse than 2020 right like, all right jeff all are you ready about it are you ready ryan guess what came out after the megatons the crystal b structure deck all right your time i don't really want to talk about like <laughs> we've been doing this for longer than i thought i don't want to spend 20 minutes on the crystal view structure deck what i will yeah, say yeah. is i am happy they made it it was 
surprisingly more competent than I thought. And uh, I had fun playing it, but um, that's good. Definitely not competitively viable, unfortunately. Um, there was that period of time where I was convinced I was going to play a Mystic Mind Crystal Beast deck at Minneapolis, and then thankfully I came yeah. to the senses. Because um, that was one thing that deck could do, is it could just play a bunch of the Rainbow Bridge. Uh, I guess that card ended up being relevant from the tins. The Rainbow Bridge of Salvation that could search a Crystal Beast and a Field Spell. People mm-hmm. were actually trying it in the Tier Element deck to search Emerald Taurus, which was an Aqua, and then Planet. Mm. And then I was like, what if we take it one step further and we play a Crystal Beast deck that plays the 19 Crystal Beast spells that access that card. And then we have 11,000 copies of Mystic Mind. That was obviously mm-hmm. not very fun. So I didn't play that. But, <laughs> that is, that is you fun. know, yeah, there you go. That was, that was uh, that's that. Um, then we had a just a rapid fire. It was like a list, two events, Darkwing Blast, you know, like all those like, so. Any, any notable changes with this list? I it, This was the Band-Aid list, this right? Was, this well, is the one that, this really the one that, that was much. like, this is the one that Aos was like. Aos Rula, Firebrax. So. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it was like, we know Sprite and T are getting more support. We know they're the best decks. We hit them a little bit, but we can't delete them. So it was like Band Rotten yeah. Toad and Band Snow. Uh, good luck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like that was band, and, Rula, band Fibrax, right? Yeah, and, and re, the, like yeah, band yeah. Red Reboot, sure. You know, band yeah. uh, Fibrax, band Chaos Ruler. It's like now you have to play tier elements and Sprite, <laughs> but yeah. we banned Snow and Rotten Toad, and so they're worse now. Like, yeah, that's, I, um, was very I, I I think this list was like very interesting in the sense that like I don't think Chaos Ruler. Chaos Ruler is a weird hit, and I think we went over that at length because like that was just you know one of the first podcast episodes we did regarding this forbidden list right yeah um so i don't think we want to touch on that too much but uh i, I thought that was very interesting for what it was so. uh then we had ycs utrecht uh which was won by runic sprite this is mm-hmm. sort of where we see runic come into its own i think people had time to play with it and people had time to make variations to the deck appropriately and on the same weekend we have ycs keter which was this 3v3 um and that was won by I don't remember what the team was playing. The only standouts would be Blake, Furman, and Asala, who were all playing Runic Sprite. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to what the winner of uh, Utrecht, Joshua Schmidt, was playing. So yeah, that was that was probably the pocket of the format pre-Dabble, where yeah. you could argue that Tier was still the best deck, but I, I think Runic Sprite um, was definitely outclassing it. Just an advantage deck. The, and just, the you know, one thing I will say... Condition about runic sprite in this context is that fairy tale snow completely invalidated runic because yeah, yes yes it did yeah they summon their first mm-hmm. runic monster it goes to the extra monster zone then you snow it face down and then they can't do anything like no matter what variant they're playing you know if they're playing the regular runic deck okay now they can't summon any more fusions so like they get one effect and that's it if they're playing the sprite deck now they can't make link so they can't make elf you know or anything like it it was just it was just not a good time. So when Snow got banned, you could actually throw the runic like spells as monsters into boards without the fear of like your turn just ending. So that that definitely helped quite a bit. But, um, short lived. Was... <laughs> so yeah, Blast. so yeah, so yeah, runic sprite and then Darkwing Blast. Darkwing Blast. Um, again, another meta relevance that playing on power of the elements um but we also have the visual cards we have you know I, i'm trying to remember what generic stuff we got from fenrir we, we get some good stuff yeah fenrir, Fen, fenrir is obviously fenrir. another big one that, that's, that's the beginning of you know like a pretty oh, fenrir and like unicorn pretty uh big yep. beginning of like uh the kashira archetype obviously getting more support over the coming months um but there's obviously we saw, we saw the we saw the new sprite card which mm. was ended up being Sprint, used yeah. and not sprite, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, probably will yes. be used and not sprite for the foreseeable Pretty future. Much. Um, I think another cool sort of thing that we've seen is like the the Vernasil stuff. I think that's like pretty decent. Um, it also had like again, new Nuturia cards in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those are like really interesting. Um, I think they came out at the wrong time. Obviously, when the power level of the other cards is so high, those cards don't get to shine as often. But that's not to say we haven't seen them in top cut, even you know. Uh, post Darkwing slash Mama, I think we got to see them, uh, you know, function quite well. Pretty interesting. And the um, other deck that was in that was the Draco Slayer cards for the Pendulum. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Those yeah, underperformed. Those so I, I think yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people that that we were talking to at least had really high hopes for that deck, and then they just didn't do anything. Like they really, yeah. I, I think, think they got snake charmed. Has a single one topped? Uh, like one or two is topped. Yeah, yeah. it's like it. Yeah. They just really crashed. 
they did not do it is um it is going to function the same way i i think like because obviously we're still in the same format now in some capacity it's just like here's this deck all the cards are really really good you need to have the stars align and it needs to be the correct medical because i think the deck is still you know pretty powerful for what it is um because it can do multiple things. It can FTK you, or it can just, you know, do the pseudo FTK of searching Necro Value or something. So I don't think it's a bad deck. I just think it's, again, either in the wrong period of time, or it needs to be there as a medical more than anything. Uh, Minneapolis was won by Tour Element. Uh, no surprise, I guess. Uh, Darkwing Blast is a lot of support, but it was more of a mix, like Sprite Tour Element sort of uh, deck. Um, I don't know what else was sort of there. I guess, like, Ryan, you played Sprite... Um, with like Fenrir and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know what else we really saw out of that event. I sort of like didn't really look too much into it. I was more you know excited about the release afterwards. Yeah. But was, um, do you have any comments was, on Minneapolis? So a really popular deck was the inclusion of the Bistral, not just the, the Bistrals, like the level six ones, but the mm. inclusion of like the larger Bistral package. So like Bistral Lubellion, um, Cartesia, Brandon High Spirits, like I think that was the big thing uh, that like mm. a lot of the tier players, n- not even necessarily the the Bistrals, but Brandon and High Spirits and Cartesia, was played yeah. exclusively at Minneapolis, and then everyone yeah. took other decks because everyone realized that Cartesia. I maintain High Spirits isn't even that bad, but Cartesia was a trap at that time. Mm-hmm. I honestly think I can agree with that to just play High Spirit. Like when I found myself when I was testing that deck. Most of the time, I would activate high spirits, and I would just look at look at the at the one tier element I discarded and go, if I search Cartesia and then this tier and this fusion gets stopped, I have zero cards that do anything, and I yeah. would just get Albion anyway to like just draw a card in case my tier got stopped. And if my tier didn't get stopped, I resolved Kitkalo. So who cared? You didn't need Cartesia. Yeah. You know, it was like, I actually think Cartesia was just- The the Cartesia just added like the extra layer to it, I guess. It was just like- But it was so unsafe. It was so unsafe. I know, I know, I know. That that deck wasn't wasn't very crazy. Um, Yeah. yeah. But that was- Well, that's good that that you brought that up. I I think that's the introduction to Bestial, I think is probably the big thing. Yeah. because we'll see that trend, obviously, for the, the next couple things. We had, you know, uh, the standard OTS stuff that we have, you know, written on the sheets, whatever. Uh, <laughs> then we had Mama come out the weekend of uh, YCS Pasadena. Any thoughts on Mama? I, I, ignoring the, uh, you know, the obvious, the Shizu stuff. I thought Mama was a very good set with all the reprints. I was very surprised. I thought it was really interesting to sort of, like, putting a lot of these cards um, out at lower price points. Um is really good there's a real gatekeeping uh to stuff like that now which is really interesting um any comments on that i really um, enjoyed the the pharaoh's rares actually mm, that's um, good. and i think they one thing that when they first announced them i was very skeptical because the pharaoh's rares and king's court looked horrible and yeah. i was really really afraid oh my god they're just wasting like these mm-hmm. are just gonna look bad and whatever whatever and then, like, I saw some of them, and and I and I picked a few up I wanted, and like, man, they look. I think they look really good, you know. Like, yeah. I, I think I picked up. I think it's more defined, like the yeah, color schemes sort yeah. of blend really well with the hired lists and yeah, stuff like, like that. Sure I, I agree. I picked up like Crystal Bond Pharaoh's rare, which random card to be in the set, but I was happy about mm. it. So I guess, well, whatever. And I was like, man, this these just look great. So I was very happy with it. I think it was a you know a, a solid set for people who. I think I think it was an uncharacteristically good set for both sides of the spectrum, being the player that really wants the budget cards and the player that wants like the high rarity stuff. I think it had a really good mix of both. And it also, I think, did a good job to appease competitive players that wanted either cheaper reprints of staples or high mm-hmm. rarity staples, and also collectors who were interested in the high rarity versions of, you know, like Neos and Dark Magician Girl. And I don't even remember all the other ones. It was like Blue Eyes and Red Eyes were in it. There's a lot. There's yeah. A lot. Like there were a lot. Yeah. So I, I, I think all in all, it was like pretty good set. Um, I haven't really, I haven't really kept up much on this one of like what like the, the like retail price of the set is right now or how well it actually did sales wise. But I remember it was pretty, it was very popular in my, my area when it came out. So yeah, absolutely. I imagine it like as kind of 
Jeff, anything else? From Mama? No. I, I, I kind of agree. We're like the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're like, I, I enjoyed a lot of the Pharaoh's rares. I feel it looked much better this time around, which was my main yeah. issue with them originally. And obviously we went over that in our podcast where we sort of broke down, hey, like, this is a set that would age terribly if it didn't have the uh, the Pharaoh's rares in it. Um, and then we obviously talked about the US versus the EU thing, which is going to be a big factor with stuff like the Pharaoh's rares being ultra in one region, but secret rare in the other one, sort of. Oh yeah, that was weird. A bit more that was very bizarre. I don't know why they did that. I think that's, yeah, like, that's probably... That, that, that one, that again, is, we, I think went, the one we went downside. through at length. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you guys can listen to that one if you really want to get I think that's the uh, Pasadena, one bad thing about this. Um, Pasadena, I guess, you know, we've sort of had a couple of events to look back on the uh, Shizu stuff. I, I think it's very funny. I think Ryan made note of this, uh, where it's just like, hey, these lists are just looking like what we played at Pasadena again. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. Um, I think first event, I guess everyone wanted to do something funny, or try and try and do something funny, try and innovate, reinvent the wheel. Um, and now, you know, we saw Jesse just, you know, repeat it time after time, second place, second place, first place, top 32, top 16, whatever. Um, and you just saw his list be more and more standard, um, really pushing on the whole, like, either Jesse is a god and lucky as shit, or it's a technical <laughs> play thing, right? You know what I mean? And, like, and one of those a couple of those tournaments... No, 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 it's, I, I, we, we know, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, no one's saying um, Jesse bad, but Jesse's still hella lucky. <laughs> Jesse's crazy lucky, yes. He still has little kid luck. Um, but yeah, I, I think Pasadena played out this, the way we anticipated. Um, and again, we went through that on the pod, uh, not too much, even with hindsight, but it is funny to look back, uh, with lists now versus lists of Pasadena and you just see like, oh, Hey, like, you know, cyclical sort of trends of like, let's run it back and try that again. Maybe it was good enough. Then it's good enough now. Um, similar with Dortmund again, same deal. Um, another thing that I don't think we really have touched on too often, but it's something I've talked about the more I, I've been testing Ashizu leading up to Sydney is there is a European version of the deck and there is an American version of this deck, which is very funny to think about. The Europeans do not like activating Aguido or Kelbeck. I love, they love having Aguido. more mid-range. Yes, me too. They love having more mid-range sort of strats, uh, like the Terrell and Ashizu stuff. And I feel like you're sort of just having this lower end of value with your other cards. And that's why you see more rogue decks compete in Europe, in my opinion, at least. Because like Dortmund, you had uh, Draco Slayer, Runic, Naturia, more you know other runic decks you saw some more sprite decks wondery stuff like that um the finals again being bisual versus um sorry bisual tier versus um flunderies right with like the second flunderies in top four or something pretty standard if you look at it um but the other rogue really does probably play into the fact that europeans are a little bit more scared to activate the mill effects assuming it is the mirror match um that's a a different discussion entirely but I, I think Dortmund's where it was more evident than anything else it's like hey Europe version of the deck nine bestials no millers like yeah play a game of Yu-Gi-Oh I guess hmm. um and then after Dortmund we had the crystal revenge set uh which we went over at length again I thought the starlights were really cool I hope we see that trend in the future what about you guys shockingly i did not enjoy the crystal beast set because the crystal beast cards were not yes they, they were not they were very bad <laughs> because it's yeah. actually so funny it's not even like they were bad it's like i'll just say this is one thing i'm gonna say about it is like we're in a format where everybody's playing all these bestials you look at the crystal beast mm -hmm. and they're like wind and water and earth and whatever and then the new ones from crystal's revenge make you play a field spell that says all mm -hmm. crystal beasts are treated as dark on the field and in the graveyard so now your opponent can bestial every crystal beast and you will never ever have seven in your graveyard to summon rainbow dragon it is impossible and yeah. they're literally built all the new support is built around actually summoning rainbow dragon so it just doesn't function at all in the current like it, it <laughs> It's like baffling <laughs> that they pivoted to the advanced dark support, but whatever. Mm. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I think we did. We touched on this on one of the other podcasts too about about the set. How we we did like the fact that, um, of of all the starlights in general, like we hope that in the future, um, 
like corsets will, will follow suit with that, right? Yeah. yeah. I hope I wake up and then we have a distribution like Japan where of I course. can get multiple shiny cards in a case that mm-hmm. are worth money. Um, so after Crystal Revenge, we had YCS San Jose, won again by the one and only Jesse Cotton. Um, probably went over that in a pod as well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, nothing too far gone, nothing too crazy, no real innovation on top of that, very standard strategy. And then we had Forbidden and Limited List, part 17. Um, I think we went over really that out of again at length. <laughs> yeah, of, very unexpected nowhere, um, and yeah. very not that much had happened, right? I think that was like a big yeah. thing. It like is obviously one of some of the shortest... hits being significant, but... Yeah, it's one of the shortest times between lists ever. It was less than mm. two months. Um, list, uh, the previous list was in effect October 3rd and then December 1st. Announced far yeah. before December 1st as well. So... right. Like, yeah, very, very bizarre how short it was. And, like, didn't really change that much, which, like, everybody was expecting sort of, like, an emergency list. And then, like, we kind of got an emergency list, but, like, it didn't actually do... All it did was it emergency I think it unbanned. did. I think it did enough. It unbanned Ptolemaeus so our turns will get skipped when... Yes, when this, eventually. When... <laughs> yeah, eventually, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Herald to One, again, probably has to team with a bunch of other hits at the same time, but Herald to One is a step in the right direction for where they were at. Uh, and again, we went over it, like, again, at length. I don't think we can say too much else compared to what we said in the other podcasts. Um, yeah, I think this list could take it or leave it. Probably didn't have to happen. You know, but the fact that it did is cool. As long as it doesn't, you know, uh, you know, it, it doesn't dictate the uh, the length between now and the next ban list where they're like, oh, we you know we gave you a ban list last month. Why do you need one now? It's like well, you didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's that yeah. meme. This is worthless. Yeah, yeah literally. It's like, well, huh. but yeah. I but guess. the structure deck, Dark World, uh, the day after the <laughs> ban list drops, we went over that. Yeah. Didn't really do anything. As no. we go into the next event, which is a remote YCS, <laughs> another unironically curious band literally hurt the Dark World structure deck mm. more than anything. Pretty much, like it made that deck so much worse. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That deck was already probably not going to be viable, but like you, you were with me. I, I was watching. I was watching Japanese Dark oh, yeah. World videos until five in the morning uh, the week before. The, no, the day before this came out, and. It looked so cool, and they just all made curious. It still looks very cool. It still has all the same issues. I don't know how it beats. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you're even when you try and like try not to put cards like Dark World Dealings in your deck. Sometimes you will like activate Mothman. It'll hit itself, and you will have to discard and draw a card. And your opponent will discard one card and ruin your entire day. (laughs) Exactly, nothing matters. So that I think that's the takeaway from the Dark World deck. we saw the remote event uh and again i think like in the trend of like oh remote events like when people are like haha remote events don't count i think more and more now as irl events do exist you will see that sort of sentiment um i think this event was a little bit better than i could have anticipated in terms of like i didn't i i didn't think this event would be too good with the Ishizu cards but after watching some games you know I would like pop into watch you know some of my friends play I think it was okay on remote to resolve those cards and it didn't seem like a big issue obviously there was some like you know slight controversies but we won't get into those but for the most part I think that event was pretty good um and it sort of did identify that you could play a deck to counter Ishizu in the new list and it probably has a higher chance now because orange was like really oppressive for decks like that mm-hmm. um but that will play more onto like how people are building their ishizu deck less of like the forbidden and limited list sort of thing i don't know like i'm gonna i could go on for 20 minutes about that format specifically but uh that was the first event with the new ban list and then sydney will be the next one and i think that really caps out the 2022 with that remote event and we have christian Urena winning with uh with tier again yeah um, so at the very, before we even started this, Jeff asked us to pick our favorite card released this year. And I've been thinking about it and I'm going to cheat and pick two. My favorite mm-hmm. card played in like a competitive deck, I believe was Dark the Dark Charmer. I just actually really like mm-hmm. all the Charmers. I acknowledge at some point they're probably going to have to get banned or like something, but 
they're cool. I like them a lot. Um, and then as far as like my like fun pick, uh, it has to be a Crystal Beast card for me. So I'm going to go with the Crystal Beast Rainbow Dragon from Ghost from the Past 2, which Japan got like three years ago, but whatever. That's fine. <laughs> That's very so fun. my favorite card released in 2022 is Mirror Jade. I absolutely love that card. I would like to say Tirelement Kit Colors. Because oh I God. think Tia, Tia was my... I liked Tia from the beginning. I was a purist. I hated Sprite. I, mm. I, I mean, I also hated Sprite for a while. But yes. now I've come around. No, you played Sprite. Shut up. Anyway, I uh, did not play Sprite. You did. Yes, you did. You're a liar. Anyway, I, I love Tia. This Tia is, is crazy. my favorite. This slander is insane. You topped a YCS with Sprite. Yeah, I didn't play, play it until... I didn't play it until Darkwing Blast. You're a spaghetti man. Alright, so we've had favorite COD. Uh, did you guys... What was your favorite product release? I feel like we might have gone over that at some point in this thing. I think Mama. Um, for me, personally. I, I do enjoy like the reprints and all of the other stuff. What about you guys? Uh, I, my favorite product that I mean brought me the most joy would be would have been the the Elbez deck. Elbez, um, yeah. that, that goes in hand with marriage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess that's true. I right, Ryan, hated what about you? so many of the products this year. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm looking at this list and I'm like, did I actually enjoy opening any of these? Um, I mean, when the Crystal Bee structure like brought me the most joy. I guess, like <laughs> you know, but as far as I actually the only product I had fun opening this year was the Grand Creators, to be honest. Yeah. But the Crystal Beast Structure Deck did did bring me much joy. I will I will I will also say. Um favorite event? If you if you had any at all. I didn't no. I didn't go to most of them. I, I get yeah. Minneapolis, um I topped and it was on my birthday. So I, we did pretty, birthday things nice. that you get double double ice cream. Li- yeah, and literally. Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um I probably flip between Pasadena and well like Pasadena was like more you know compacted into the event itself whereas like Niagara was like I don't think a lot of the time was spent in Canada anyway like obviously I visited you I uh I went to California you know again hung out with Thurman and George so I think Pasadena for like the the pocket was was very fun even though I didn't do too well good to see everyone other than that yeah if you're watching this on youtube let us know in the comments what your favorite card and product released in 2022 is i'm i'm, I'm interested yeah. to know there because there was a lot of them i mean i took i took yeah. a segment for me to like kind of look through things but once i saw mirror jade i was like oh yeah it's definitely mirror jade so yeah oh just like any favorite memories from 2022 it's always good to to hear people's uh happy stories what's your favorite you, band you? list from what's your favorite band card <laughs> from 2022 <laughs> Mine's favorite band called uh fairy tale snow the first cool. time before I mean, it was on band my favorite uh, like the card i was most happy to get banned was red reboot i imagine for most people it's mystic mind but for me it was red reboot I hate uh so yeah i think for me also it, it might have been imperial order oh i just that seems so long ago i literally forgot i i'm actually gonna say red reboot even still but that's a good one too yeah i i think it's because the amount of times it's so funny like the same with red reboot how many times on stream i would see imperial order get activated on turn one and the same with red reboot now that i think about it like how many times i have to see red reboot turn one or two and the same thing with imperial order is freaking crazy and now they're both gone yeah they took way too long banning those cards i feel but oh well so i think that about wrap things up right yeah i think that covers everything making sure we didn't miss anything we so, missed OTS Pack 20. Oh my god. Anyways. <laughs> I don't even know what was in that. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this will be the first the episode last... that will be released, hopefully simultaneously, on Spotify and YouTube. So oh, yeah. whichever yes. one you will be listening on, we thank you. And uh, yeah, this will be our last episode yeah. of the year. And we'll see you in... 2023. Did we have a happy New Year's?